Okay. Started late last time. We're going to start a little early this time. One time for your mind. One time. One time. I got a little playback there. Time to stop caking with your woman and watching Peaky Blinders like Kent Bazemore. Now's the time to run. We're running with war. And the runners are with me here. Drew, Josh, as usual. And again, joining us on this run is our good friend, Gabriel Wilkins, uh, sitting in for Chris, who uh, will be down with us back on Thursday. As I, If you uh, haven't, if you don't know, we're going to have our big WNBA preview show on Thursday. And we're going to have uh, Chris there with his partner, James K from the Skyhook Podcast. So they're going to be down with us uh, helping to preview everything in the, uh, the women's basketball season coming forward. And, um, yeah, but tonight we're just going to uh, keep going with our NBA coverage. You know, because of that show, you know, I've been doing a couple extra shows this week uh, and last week as well, you know, given how things have been, you know, coalescing here, a, a lot of important basketball being played and covered in these these last – here in May, uh, you know, the end of the NBA season, like I said, combining with the beginning of the WNBA season. So we just wanted to give you a little extra show footage and coverage to uh, to meet uh, – to rise to the occasion, as it were. And uh, like I said, a lot, of, lot to talk about. The occasion. Still, and uh, you know we got the uh, playing games on the uh, you know on the horizon coming up early next week, and um, you know locally here with the Bulls, the Bulls are still playing games of importance. Uh, you know we you can uh, go back and forth, we'll, and we will about just how important those games are and uh, what they'll mean, you know, going forward, but. Uh, you know, the Bulls are still competitive in a way. And, um, you know, a lot of other stuff going on in the league, and we're just going to, you know, go into as much of it as we can here over the next hour plus. And, um, yeah, for you guys, you know, starting off, man, anything that uh, jumps, that's been jumping out at you, that's been sticking with you in regards to uh, the basketball world uh, since we last convened on uh, Thursday? Mr. Triple Double, I gotta give my get give my shout outs to Russell Westbrook for breaking the Albertsons all triple double record. Man, that's very hard to do. And if anything, this really just cemented Russell Westbrook's legacy as far as what he will go down in history for. Um, especially gonna this solidifies him for sure as a Hall of Famer. Um, he and we've discussed before. I believe he will probably go down as the Allen Iverson of our generation. It's when you talk about impact on and off the court and not winning a championship when you want him to win one. Um, both went to the finals that one year and they just lost to better teams. So I think um, this is really something that will never be broken again. We've witnessed history in the making and for it to be Russell Westbrook in a way that he's been able to, his skill set and what he's been able to do over the past years, man. You can't throw hate at this guy. You got to love him and appreciate all the things that he's done. And 
I'm, you know, you got to spread the flowers while you can. So I'm definitely spreading my flowers right now. Thank you, Mr. Triple Double. Thank you, Russell Westbrook, for, you know, what you for bringing it every night. And it shows in the stats that you put up and it shows in the, in, you know, the success as well as um, in the fan base. So thank you, Russell Westbrook. Appreciate you. And you continue to be, you know, great because, you know, as he always says, why not? He says he's uh, straight up. He's the greatest playmaker in the NBA. You know, uh, you willing to agree with that, Josh? I just look, I, I appreciate Russ's confidence in, in himself. <laughs> That's, okay, it's not, not necessarily yes or no, but I'll give, give it to you, though. Uh, Drew Game, y'all got anything uh, you want to uh, add on to that or, or give anything else here at the tip? Uh, just real quickly, just um, the induction Definitely. of uh, Hall of Fame class. Yeah. Led by KG and, and Kobe and Duncan. Looking forward to that. Got delayed due to COVID. Um, so that, you know, that should be a a big weekend, big event coming up this weekend. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure the particulars in terms of how it's going to – how it's going to actually – um, be done. Anybody see that? Well, what do you mean? Like, it's not gonna be like it's not gonna be uh, kind of like the quote unquote. I have it. I, I believe it's gonna be some virtual. Virtual. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's gonna be. It's. 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 I know it's gonna be broadcast pretty well. Uh, ESPN is gonna you be got Michael Jordan. Michael. Yeah. Yeah. But go ahead, Gabe. You, you want this? You want Jeff? Michael's supposed to be presenting like two people. I know. I know. I know. Michael's supposed to be presenting two people. Yeah, he's presenting for Kobe. And, like I know Kim Moki is one of them. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I was about to say Kim Moki. Uh, sort of interestingly, is the other. I think the the most notable one is the more notable one is Kobe. But uh, yeah, I, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. Like this, really, this class overall is sort of like one of the. You got to think, it's, it, say, it's one of the more notable classes that there's ever been. You know, I'm a, I've, I'd, uh, got it up on my phone. I go over the, the entire class. Let me get this. Um, it's the best class I've seen since the one that Mike went in with. When Mike went in with Stockton. Yeah. And I think he went in with like Malone as well. Like, and it was a couple of other illustrious coaches that he went in with. Yeah, let me let me see. I, I'm gonna I'm get. I'll I'll go back to some of the recent classes in a minute, Gabe. But uh, let me like I said, we go over this year's class. You have uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> you have to help me with this one. Patrick Bauman is being introduced by Russ Granick and Vladi Divac. Uh, more notably, Kobe Bryant, of course, being introduced by, presented by Mike. Tamika Catchings is being presented uh, by Alonzo Mourning and Don Staley, of course, a women's basketball great. Tim Duncan being presented by David Robinson. Kevin Garnett is going to be introduced by Isaiah Thomas. Kim Mulkey, as we said, by Mike. 
uh, Barbara Stevens being presented by Gino Oriema and Muffet McGraw. So I guess another women's basketball great. Uh, Eddie Sutton, of course, uh, big, uh, great college basketball coach being presented by John Calipari, Bill Self, and Sidney Moncrief. And, of course, uh, Rudy Tomjanovich, we all know, uh, presented by two other Haw uh, Rockets greats, Calvin Murphy and Akeem Olajuwon. So, yeah, there's stars all up and down that class. And uh, I'm going to shout out some of the broadcasts uh, broadcast being uh, awarded to uh, award recipients. Mike Breen is getting uh, an award. Mike Wilbon, uh, Jim Gray, uh, the Inside the NBA crew, George Raveling, Bill Russell's getting an award too, Manny Jackson Award, and Wayne Embry uh, each getting Manny Jackson Award. So there are a lot of different things that happen, awards being presented and stuff. To people, you know, like Bill Russell already in the, the hall, but, you know, you, you, you can't award people like that enough, you know. So like Josh say, you give them their flowers while they're still here. So, yeah, definitely uh, an amazing class. I mean, I like uh, that you know, Wayne Embry his flowers yeah. too. Is it Wayne Embry? Yeah, the first black NBA executive. Did a hell of okay. a job in Cleveland building that roster with Mark Price and Brad Dougherty and those guys. So I'm glad to see that he's getting his flowers at his old age because that's a lot of that's a name that I don't hear too often that a lot of people talk about in NBA circles anymore. So to see Wayne Embry, a guy that played with Bill Russell back in the day getting his flowers that's that's pretty cool definitely 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 gotta give it up for the those who paved the way and made the history you know made history and made the way for so many others in the game like you say a, a pioneer among black executives that's definitely something uh, 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 that we still trying to make better in in the NBA you know it could be more representation definitely for former players if and, you know, black people and, you know, uh, people of color, women, all that. You know, we, we need to see more of all that in, in these NBA uh, uh, up, uh, you know, front offices. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely. Glad you brought that up, Drew, because I was like I, said, I was looking to say something about the class. Um, another thing I, I just came across, we talk about uh, – you know, get th getting things back to normal and things that we've missed over the past year plus. Uh, the draft combine was something that didn't happen. It's become sort of, a, you know, routine in Chicago in recent years. And a report from Sham Sharani and Athletic just popped up about a half hour ago confirming that the combine will be returning to Chicago uh, this year. It's going to take place from – June 21st to the 27th and uh, consists of in-person team interview sessions, five-on-five games, shooting drills, measurements, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, it's going to be conducted at the Wintrust Arena and Mar Marriott Marquis. So nothing, nothing about uh, yo, the what, what, what's the spot? Uh, Moody Bible. Moody Bible, yeah. Nothing mm -hmm. about Moody Bible and none of that, man. They get what? away from that. Yeah, they used to have it. They had a request for a, a few years, years, for the last several years. 
Right, yeah, all the, over on the west side, yeah. Tim, Tim Grover spot, right? Oh, Harris. Yeah, over on the west side. Tim Grover spot used to be Tim Grover spot until, you know, he lost it. Right. My man Jerry Harden running. Shout out his team up there quite often whenever I can be. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm interested in how they're gonna run the things at Wintrust. You know, maybe we could maybe we could get up in there somehow. Well, you know I'm trying. That's that's right. <laughs> that's the, that's the, I'm in the institution now. I'm trying to get up in there now. So for sure. Yeah. For sure. I'm, we'll see, I'm definitely gonna do what I can to get up in there. Yeah, we'll see. We're gonna we gonna be on it on some on some you know some way, somehow. We're gonna try to so, get our noses in there. You know, that's B Day weekend stuff. too. So you know I gotta get involved. That's B Day weekend. B Day and basketball just worked for me. So you you know, you gotta do something with that. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Good to see the combine returning and uh, like I said, just a little another sign that we're getting back to normalcy. Uh, you know, with uh, the NBA and everything. So, um, yeah. So, uh, any, anything else uh, you guys come into mind before I get to the uh, official stuff? Definitely the race for the scoring title. You know, over the last three years, James Harden has pretty much had this thing wrapped up by, like, the final month of the season. And to have Bradley Bill and Stephen Curry with Steph up by only half a point in the race for the scoring title, this is shaping up to probably be one of the most interesting races for the scoring scoring championship that I've seen in the last decade. You know, to go, you got to go all the way pretty much back to probably like 2012, 13 between Carmelo and Kevin Durant when they were in the race for the scoring championship. So I, I think that they got a fun little battle going on. And you can tell that they're keeping their eyes on one another, trying to see who scored what on any given night so they can figure out how to top of the match. Right, right. A little con- little controversy is stemming from that, too. I, I put the Bill Baysmore, uh, you know, conflagration uh on on uh, on our rundown so we're gonna get into that in a little bit but that that stems you know from the whole uh you know scoring title rates you know because Baysmore was called himself uh having a little subliminal at Bill and of course Bill is, is going uh you know for com- competing with uh with Steph Curry and that and that one but uh we don't, yeah, we don't get into that in the in the, in the minute, but uh, I guess we'll stop. Let's start off with some bull talk, you know, some bull ish. Uh, Bulls are in action right now uh, with the Nets, and let me update this: losing uh, 51-36 uh, late. You know, what, what about midway through the, the second quarter? It seems like this is a situation where they're gonna have to try to to keep up. Scoring wise with Brooklyn, and you know, I don't think the Bulls are going to be up for that job. But they came into today, had a three game winning streak that you know showed some life in the team again. They got you know, got uh, Zach Levine back, and you know, his minutes have steadily climbed up over the past three games, as is his output, of course. And the team overall, you know, Kobe White has looked nice over the um, 
over recent games and, uh, you know, a lot of stuff, you know, continuing to get good stuff from Vooch and everything. The, this team is looking more like we I sort of idealized it to look in the wake of the trading deadline, you know, sort of finally started to look that the way that we sort of expected them to look and competing for playoff spots. But it seems to be a bit too little too late, of course. You know, they put themselves in a position, even with this recent win streak, where they have to win, continue to win out in their last four games starting the night. And two of these games coming against the Nets won the very final game Sunday going against the Bucks and a, a very still competitive Toronto team sandwiched in there on Friday. So it's hard to even, you know, before tonight with, with this effort that we're seeing, uh, hard to imagine them winning these last four games in a row. But, you know, if they lose tonight, they're pretty much sunk officially. So I don't know, you know, you know, how, how you guys, you know, first off, you know, if you want to react to the recent win streak from over the weekend, you know, the game they played since uh, Zach has gotten involved, gotten back on the team. And, you know, what do you think about the outlook in these last four games? What does it mean? You know, what are you looking to see? You know, what are you expecting to see? Whatever. You know. Yeah, I mean, unless they were going to lock Zach Levine in his home and keep Vucevic out with that hip injury, there was no way that this team was going to, you know, willingly try to tank for a better shot at keeping that protected pick. So to see, you know, the group of guys on the court between uh, Zach Levine, Vooch, even P-Will, um, uh, Kobe White, to see the guys that we expect to be here next year start to start to play better together, I mean, that's encouraging. Um moving forward because they played they play really well. Now, of course, the caveat to that is that the teams that they beat were not at all at full strength. Um, the Pistons, you know, the Pistons are the Pistons. So whether they had Jeremy Grant, I think, did he play in that game? I don't even know. The, the Detroit game? Yeah, it probably wouldn't have made that big of a difference, even though he has a case for most improved player. Um, but I can have the most improved player. Um, yeah, I just think that it's, it's good to see them play well, those three guys in particular, and, and Pat, Pat Will included, even even though he's still kind of finding his way, uh, you know, 69 games into the into the season. But He, um, did, he didn't play, by the way. You know, Jeremy Grant didn't play? Okay. He didn't play. Okay, I wasn't sure on that. Um, but as far as looking ahead, I mean, you know, <laughs> they, they, they're only in the race – by mathematics, you know what I'm saying? You know, by this time, you know, uh, Thursday, Friday, it's probably going to be a wrap, man. Um, it makes those losses, those those duds to Cleveland earlier in the season, to Oklahoma City way back when they allowed them to come back and that game went in overtime, ended up losing. It makes those losses even harder to stomach. And I'm sure the teams that are not in playoff or play in positioning, that are right there have those same type of games that they can look back on too. But um, you know, we can we can only look at what we got in front of us right now. Uh, I think there is something to be said about the the harmony that those guys are starting to to play with moving forward. And you know, we just got to hope for a good off season. Um, the front office being able to to fill out that roster as best as they can, and um, 
Pat Will get a good training camp under him, summer league, and be ready to, to reset come next season. Yeah. That's what, 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 yeah. Go ahead, Josh. No, yeah, Drew. I'm, in, I'm pretty much in the same boat, man. I'm already preparing. I'm already drinking my buds, my bud lights as I watch these games, man. Just letting it wind down for the end of the season. That's pretty much where I'm at at this point. Um, it is encouraging, though, to see that we have a potential small three-person lineup that has some quality talent, right? Um, you got to put question marks around that because, you know, especially we talk about Kobe White being that third guy. He has the talent, but you're talking about a big three where he's that explosive. Yeah, you know, it's a little early. But you do have a pair that works. We know we saw that Zach Levine and Vucevic over time worked out, works perfectly fine. The problem is who's going to be that third guy and can you rely on Kobe White to be that third guy on top of the other issues that you already have. You talk about the lack of big men that are, you know, as Drew would say, assholeish and bullish, or you talk about um, the lack of an actual point guard that fits, un- that fits under Billy Donovan and what he's looking for. So therefore, there's still a lot of question marks. There's some positivities that we can take down the end, but at the end of the day, the Bulls are still the developing Bulls that we have known for years. They still have a ways to go. So because of that, all we can do is look forward to the offseason and figure out what they what they will do. You talk about we just talked about the draft combine coming up. What are they gonna look at when it comes to this draft combine? Um, you, Drew mentioned the offseason, you got potential uh free agents to look into that could potentially fill that bill. It's been reported that he's you know that the Bulls will look at Lonzo Ball or maybe Dennis Schroeder, you know, which you know, some this be this can it's will be an upgrade, but is it like the ideal upgrade? Yeah, no. So it's, it's a lot of question marks. I think at, just, at this point, we just got to enjoy the fact that, you know, we're not going to be in this play-in, and the Bulls are just going to continue to play for entertainment, and I'm going to drink my buds in the process and be like, all right, let's see. I hope Zach Levine goes for 50 just because. Like, that's pretty much where we had it. That's where I'm at at this point when you talk about this Bulls team because they're, they're, they played themselves out of, a, out of a potential opportunity to be in this, in this uh, playoff. I mean – I think what I think with Zach Levine being out for all those games with the protocols really set the Bulls back to a point where that that just that idea of being in a playing tournament, even though we thought that that was a long shot chance, anyways, it really pushed it back. It really pushed that opportunity that much back further. And you know, this is what happens when you have those duds and you have unfortunate circumstances, and you just see where you know you just hope that things get better as we prepare for the next offseason and actually get our tourist parties to this in the actual full offseason with the training camp, the draft combines, actually time to talk to players and other athletes, et cetera. When I look at the Bulls, like, streak recently over the last three games, it's something to build off of. It's something that it gives guys something to – going to, you know, the summer grind with optimism and ready to, you know, to attack their workouts. And I know a guy like Zach will take this very personally, very seriously, likely go back to Seattle and get some workout, seeing with his father, and get back in the lab because you know how bad he wants to be in the playoffs and on that big stage. And I think Bulls fans should take this as something to build off of. I think a lot of times in Chicago, we have a lot of – overarching expectations for young team and as a byproduct of that we tend to get very very excited it was always going to be some highs 
with this season. It was always going to be some lows as well along the way. However, you learn from those, you take that, and you build off of it. And I think they know what they have to do now. AK and Mark, they, they know what they got to do. They got to get a point guard to get them into their set. They got to get a couple more veterans in the building, know what it takes to win, who have been there and done that, so that they can teach these other young guys in the locker room how to win. And maybe that way you could become a playoff team and you could become to the Eastern Conference within the next year to year and a half. But the Clippers were in the West not too long ago where you're knocking on the door and maybe get that big-time free agent by making those plays in the offseason and building off of experiences such as this one. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, Josh, I saw you uh, post some uh, in response to uh, uh, Zach uh, likely playing with Team USA this summer. And you, you, you seem like you wanted to do some fishing uh, during that process, huh? Hey, he going to be in Vegas. He going to be training. <laughs> he going to be doing his thing with the superstars. So I want him to hit up uh, – I wanted to hit up the clubs. I wanted to hit up Drake's nightclub in the, in the section with the super with uh with you know all the other superstars are gonna be free agents this offseason to say, you know what? Consider coming into Chicago because we cause we have some of this. I mean if you go to Chicago right now, it's gonna be lit. We're gonna be open by July 4th. So when all this stuff comes back, you know, we don't we'll have the vibe, we'll have the scenery in Chicago, baby. I mean, come on. You gotta you gotta get us you gotta get some fishing in there. You gotta get some fishing in there. And I think people will listen. That's the and that's the thing. People have noticed and admitted that Chicago is up to something. They've noticed that what the Bulls are doing. Kevin Durant went on a podcast, went on a podcast um, throughout this one time, I think throughout the season, and said, you know, he was impressed with what the Bulls have done, especially for them to trade for Vucevic and pair him with Zach Levine. And he likes Kobe White, which I think is an overall assessment that NBA players have around the league. It's about putting it all together and figuring out how to put them in the right positions to win. And Gabe said a lot of the great stuff that quite clearly the Bulls do need. But it will also help if Zach can go to Vegas and play for Team USA, win that gold medal, and then bring in some other talent along with them. Because that's how that's where things normally began. You talk about Kevin Durant and the go, him and going to the Golden State Warriors, kind of how that journey started. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it starts from those type of areas. Kyrie and KD played together for the first time in the Olympic team. Look at them now; they're they're playing together in Brooklyn. So. You know, those are where things start to happen, and that's where magic can happen. Zach just got to put in that word and 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 just and let them know, like, yo, we for real down here, and I'm and I'm for real. So let's make it happen. And you're in Vegas too. Come on now, why 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 would you not want to go to a club and be like, hey, let's get a couple bottle sections on me. Let's talk some business. Come on now. Well, yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's well, yes, yeah, it's the Player development. I think it's gonna take more than that. Yeah, I, I, social development. I don't know whatever you want to call it, man. It's it's it, it's it definitely it's pretty pretty much only two places where super teams have been built. You know, uh, in the past 10, 15 years, it's been the All Star Game and the Olympic team. You know, Olympic trials, Olympic practices. You know, these these are where the got the elites of the of the league con- converge and they con- they talk to each other, they kick it, 
and they they form bonds that they want to continue into their their regular playing. So uh, you know, if, if Zach wants to be a part of that, there's, there's two ways he could go. He can he can go off and jump into some other people's stuff, or he can you know, which could be the case. You know, he's gonna he could be a free man in 2022, but you know, hopefully he'll want to be like, look, we got Chicago over here, you know. This is a Hoopers town. This is a town with, with a legacy to it. You know, let's try to let's try to add to that legacy and see what what we can do. You know, you know maybe y'all could get away from what y'all do, and see what we can do here. Me and Vooch and our guys, we got something. You like what we doing? You know, come and come and ride with us. You know, so it, it's interesting. You know, it, it like this is gonna be an important summer to to keep going and keep up the momentum and a lot of different things can play with that, you know, and play into that, I should say. I want to I want to throw out this one thing. You know, this is sort of uh, – this one article I saw, sort of light light stuff. You know, it's coming from fan side, and it's not a insider type thing. But this this cat, Andrew Miller, on fan side, threw out uh, three stars to target this offseason to form a big three for the Bulls. I just want to get your thoughts on this right quick. Because, uh, you know, a couple of these guys got sort of interesting. One I wouldn't really want to deal with. But uh, he puts out DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, and uh, uh, Sabonis, young Sabonis down in Indiana. Now, of course, uh, DeRozan actually will be available in the summer. Uh, Lowry, as will Lowry. Sabonis will take some dealing. But the writer mentions that – there's there's some I don't I don't know if you any of you guys have heard any of this but uh to to what degree but you know that Indiana is sort of gonna be looking to maybe deal Sabonis or uh you know Turner and, and you know separate that pairing down there and he mentions you know Turner or Sabonis maybe being uh you know guys who the Bulls should look at. Uh, so I don't know. What, what do you guys think of of any of those options? I guess four options in general. But like I say, the the writer puts a bonus over Turner as an option for the Bulls. Miles Turner would be a much better option for the Bulls. Defensively, hmm. they need a guy in the paint that's going to commit and make his presence felt. And they haven't had that. Wow. That's one of the main reasons why they've been one of the worst defenses in the league over like the last three to four years. You get a guy like Miles Turner in the building, you got the league leading shot blocker. You got a guy that's going to be able to come out on a pick and roll and occasionally every now and there, here and there, something that not most of the Bulls' bigs recent members would You need a guy like, like Miles Turner. The bonus, I, I don't see Indiana parting ways with him. I know it's a lot of friction going on down there. I know that it's a lot of players that really don't have a liking with Nate. That was one of the main reasons why he opted and just hell with the season. That that's that's a fact. Um, he had a real tight relationship with Nate, and I think he took it personally when they hired um, for Yorkin, and he had that introduction meeting that was relatively short. So if they could get a guy like Miles Turner on the free agency market who can help a lot of teams, I think the Bulls would be 
be well on their way. But first and foremost, you got to get a point guard in the building who can put these guys in sets and in position to succeed. And Lonzo, to me, would be priority number one if I was AK. You got to get a young guy to defend. They got to get tough, and they got to get some. You change coach. Yeah, definitely. We went over uh, last week, uh, G, like, uh, you know, priority number one should be the point guard position. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people are looking at Alonzo as being that jewel that the bull, that the Bulls should try, at least try to snatch up, you know, you know, or add on to their efforts already that they may have done. But, uh, yeah, definitely – you know, it's 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 interesting. Some options that may be out there, like you know, like I said in that article that I bring up. You know, neither one of those guys, like what well, the, the like, yeah, Lowry is a point guard, of course. He's not uh, the guy. Like I said, because of his age, I wouldn't necessarily want to go after him. But you know, he is a proven playoff commodity. He's a proven, you know, uh, all NBA uh, or All Star type level player. So I don't, that would seem to be something, though, if you're more towards a more complete product as a team and you and you feel like you're going to be going after a title in 2022. The Bulls are not going to be going after the title in 2022. So, you know, you would – I would, you know, I would go more towards the younger option, you know, definitely the Lonzo or even the Dennis Schroeder, you know, as far as building this team and, you know, compiling it this roster into something that's going to be competitive over a number of seasons and not just the next season to come, you know? Yeah. And I mean, the, the, the tricky part is the bulls don't have that much cap space right now. Like yeah, the big fish is going to eat up basically the, all, their, their entire cap space to go after Lonzo ball is going to cost, you know, probably at least 20, 20 mil, if not, you know, closer to, 20, to the 25 mil range. Um, from everything I've read, so that's that's gonna be tough to to deal with, man. Trying to trying to fill that point guard role, and then also try to fill out um, more parts of that roster, namely, you know, uh, trying to get in some veterans, some some uh, some wing depth, uh, better wing. Um, yeah. In that article, the names that you mentioned, man, like Gabe said. Miles Turner is probably the most attractive piece, but you would have to trade for him. So who are you trading? You know what I mean, like. I don't know that we have – I don't know. Unless you try to work out maybe a signing trade with marketing, but why would – I don't know if Indiana would do that deal because I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, 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 it's not we, – we got Vucevic, which was great in terms of pairing Levine with another, um, le, you know, another legit all-star. But the catch-22 is now that we have that, that piece – we don't have that same cap flexibility to fill the holes that we need to fill in order to have a better shot at the middle of the East um, contention. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's like, you know, with the Indiana players and, you know, just again, coming, you know, going from that article, 
yeah, either one of those guys you have to make a deal with. You can't just snatch them up. And even with Lonzo, you're talking about a restricted free agent. So any deal, any offer that you make to him, New Orleans can match. So it's gonna be, it's not gonna be easy. You know, it's not gonna be like a buffet out there for the guys for for the Bulls. You know, and um, yeah, I, I guess my whole thing too. The the interesting thing with that article to me is the the phrasing, and and this is you know could be SEO uh, strategies, much as anything. The the mentioning of a big three, you know, and you know one of those guys creating a big three for the Bulls. You know, with uh, you know, with Zach and Vooch, you know, in y'all opinion, you know, would any would any of those guys make a, a quote unquote big three? Would Lonzo make a big three with the Bulls? You know, what do y'all think? Well, let's put it put let's put it this way: if Lonzo makes a big three, is in a headline, I'll call a bar ball right now. And be like, yo, why don't we just have you come to Chicago and be part of this big three, and I'll play you one on one for it. Like, I will do that right now, and be like, yo, Lonzo, like Lavar, let's make this happen, right? Because <laughs> that's because you got to sell that. That that's that's what's gonna bring him probably to Chicago. Is is that's you got to help sell that? Um, so you say you're playing to their ego. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm. I, I'm de- <laughs> you definitely got to. You definitely got to. <laughs> In reality, Joe, Josh, do you think that that talent com- combination would uh, live up to that label of a victory? No, I don't. <laughs> um, I think, I think, I think, in a way, it will enhance the Bulls to not necessarily a big three, but a dynamic tool with a hell of a sidekick, right? Because okay. Because Zach Levine and Vucevic are literally a dynamic duo when they play together. The numbers that they put up together and the stats that they have put together, especially as of recent, are impeccable. It's crazy. Um, but having a nice sidekick along with that big three, he meant like Alonzo Ball, will make that much more of a difference, though, in, as far as impacting the game on both ends of the floor, currently than what they have right now. Lonzo Ball will be an ideal missing piece for at least the functioning of an offense and giving and, and with and with his improved ability to shoot the ball from especially from distance, if he continues that, that's another weapon for the Bulls use that will actually enhance the offense that Billy Donovan wants, especially and, and while also improving the defensive side of the ball as well, because Lonzo Ball is a hell of a defender, um, from a, especially from a point guard perimeter perspective. So Lonzo Ball is not the is not the he's not the the actual resolution to the Bulls' issues, right? However, he is a hell of a piece that if he's not going to be part of a big three, because I don't think he has the ultimate talent where he will be a part of a big three, but he can be a hell of a sidekick, like very similar to maybe like a B.J. Armstrong or a John Paxson was during the Jordan days, or a Craig Hodges, someone that like made an impact on the game, even though they weren't part of that big three talk or discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, I think they could, he, he, Levanzo could play a role in that. And if I, if they need any help recruiting, I'll call, I'll do it right now. I swear. I'll bust my knees to make sure that we get him over here. If that's the case, man, because he's going to be probably the most ideal option that the Bulls will have in this off season compared to anybody else. And you don't want to do anything to chance that you don't want to mess that up. Yeah, I made this. I made this point on Twitter, but it was in reference to Vucevic 
Levine and White. But that would be, you could throw ball in there too. For my hip hop heads, that would be like little brother of the NBA. You know, you got Levine, who's like DeFonte, you got Vucevic, like Mike Lander, and you got you got if you want to put White or you want to put um Lorenzo Ball as as Pooh. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not it's not gonna get you to the Phillies, it's not gonna get you to the Brooklyn's, it's not gonna get you to the Bucks, but you'll be right there with the Boston's, maybe with uh Miami, um, Atlanta's, the Pacers, you know what I'm saying? So it, it, it puts you in a better position. And at the end of the day, that's all we can that's all we can hope for. You know, you can only go after the free agents who are available when they're available. We can't overshoot and try to go for the 2022 summer. You know what I'm saying? Like we can only, we can only right. work what we got in front of us. So yeah, that, that's that's my that, they'd be like little brother, man. Okay. I, I, I know you, I know you're not doing this, but we I'm not you know, we ain't gonna have the 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 poo slant the random poo slander. No, no, I, I know I know I say, I know you ain't doing that, but I know he's an easy target though. He's an easy target. Hey, poo, and, and I don't poo, like that. You know, I don't poo, like that. Poo is poo has come a long way, man. That that yeah. gap ain't quite what it was, man. I will say that for poo, man. Yeah, that's my I mean, man. That's he's, he, he's the only one of the three I've met in person too. So I, that's my man. Drew okay. said he's trying to bring the you black Negro network. You be here. Chapel Hill with a shot. Oh yes. wow. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Well, I, I, I get that. I get that comparison, though. I get that comparison, though. You know what I mean, bitch? They're not, they're not EPMD. Right. They're not EPMD. They ain't Outkast. They ain't Tribe. They ain't Wu Tang. But they solid. You know what I'm saying? Well, someone <laughs> needs to get Quest Love up in here. So, <laughs> so it could be that much more ideal. <laughs> but to to keep it to keep it on the court, though, I think we we brought up the the Clippers a little earlier and I think that you know if the Bulls did gain a player of ball's ability or ball himself that would be sort of similar to what the Clippers have where you have you know not necessarily of of the same you know uh stature as George and uh and and, and uh, Ka- Kawhi but you do have those two those two uh, top level players, and you know a couple of award sort of uh, you could say award worthy players under them. Like when they had, uh, particularly when they had, uh, you know, uh, when, when they had you no know, Mister Mister uh, Magic City there still and everything, and in Pat and Pat Bev though they had a couple. Those are a couple guys who could get defensive, you know, All NBA or in 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 uh in Williams' case, you know the uh, six man of the year consistently award. You know Lonzo is a guy who is he's not an all star as of now, but he's a guy who could probably get on an all defensive team. Or you know if, if he was a six man, he could be a six man of the year type of dude. But you know as a starter too, he's worth he he's he has a specific worth, and he's a guy who you know can give you. He can give you a 30, 12, 14 game, you know, out of on any given night, you know, 30 points, 12, 15 assists. You know, if he he could come and snap off like that if it, and on a random, you know, basis, you know. So that's you know, that I think I think that Clippers trajectory or arc 
is pretty good that uh you know for the Bulls. Even you know like regardless of if, you know, if they were, if they're able to pick up that sort of talent on uh in the upcoming uh, uh off season. But uh, yeah, we are looking to get Gabe back connected with us. Let me see. Hopefully he'll be doing a little better than on the the restream, but uh, still. Well, well, wait, Gabe, can I throw a question out of y'all that I saw on Twitter? Go ahead. This was by uh, C Red Fred. You know, noted bulls a story on Twitter. Um, he posed the question of between the Knicks and the Bulls, which team do you feel would be more desirable location for free agents this upcoming season? Uh, say the Knicks, I guess. I, I mean, the too, man. yeah, the, the Knicks have played better. They, they're going to have a chance to play <laughs> further into the season. They, more, more people are going to see them over the next few weeks where the Bulls are going to be pretty much done at the end of this week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's New York, man. New York is money. New York is power and influence, man. A little, all of that is a bit more than you get in Chicago, man. So, yeah, I have to say New York. If New York was was under Chicago in the standings, then I'd say the Bulls. But New York is up there right now. They're balling and and they got some momentum going forward. Yeah, they got. They also have a lot more cap space than we do. Yes, they got. That's why they have a more higher chance of getting top, more like superstar type talent. And you mentioned the New York component. It's still mixed city. It's still mixed town over there. Like. Even though Brooklyn is doing their thing and everybody's like the Nets, you know, people like us that still grew up in that Knicks era, you know, from the earlier days, there's still Knicks city down there. People still love the Knicks more than, than, than the Nets do right now. So you want to talk about notoriety and more name and fame, you know, why not do it in a Knicks uniform in Madison Square Garden where they do have a team that's on the rise, which uh, with the front office that's become, that's become very aggressive and progressive. Um, and on top of that, you have you know talent that want to be there. Thibodeau's a proven coach. Um, you have Julius Randle that's budding into that was all that's an all star budding into an all NBA player. You have a core that's there. You have a decent core that's there, and the one you got worldwide guests that can pop up to any celebrity uh, event you think of and pretty much recruit somebody if he really wants to to come to the city, and. You know, Leon Rose is a proven agent who's respected across the league, and, and he's proven that, he's do- that he knows what he's doing with this front office. And everything everything's just going, flowing correctly for the Knicks right now. I mean, I think James Dolan learned his lesson about learning to step back. Appar- apparently he hasn't done that with the Rangers, though. That's a whole other situation. But anyways, um, as far as what he's doing with the Knicks, yeah, he's just letting them, he, he's letting them do what they do. And you see when you put in – Winning culture and a losing culture and the impact that it has on them, you know, you start winning, and that's what the Bulls are trying to do. They're still trying to find a winning culture because they haven't had that in a very long time, and they got rid of the guy that helped bring it there in the first place. And, and you see what he's doing there. You just hope Billy Donovan can do the same. Yeah, yeah, but Nick's got a pretty big game coming up. Uh, second half with the TNT. Double header tonight going against the Lakers. They uh, I saw they both got the same record, so that's interesting. But having that record in the East sets you up a bit better than it does in the West. So 
The Lakers are, are, are scared. They they scared to death of the play-in while the Knicks are sort of comfortable at four. Like, hey, we're gonna have home court advantage in the first round and all that. You know, they 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 sitting pretty, but you know, the Lakers are like, uh, we don't we don't want to deal with that uh seven seven seed at all. But uh let, let, let's let's get on let's get into the league as a whole, uh, you know, transition out of the bull stuff. And um the first, the first thing I, I, I said I wanted to get into was the the Baysmore Beal stuff, and you know just to, just to recap a little beef there. This, this may be a future beef history, uh, you know, on uh, on SB Nation, but and and it actually may be because I saw I don't know if you saw the link I, I texted a, a couple hours ago, but apparently. Baysmore and Beal have had a little thing for a while, and it's sort of all been Baysmore picking that Beal. Like you, you get this across team sports quite a bit, but you mostly get it in the NBA, where a player of of, of clear journeyman status often picks on, like a, a, a weak player will, a weaker player will pick on a player of notable status. And really, in most cases, not really get anything out of it, you know, but some temporary, temporary fame or whatever. But you know, Bay's more in this position right now where he's barking up a taller tree that he deserves to be barking up. And you know, he he's sort of I don't know if he's trying to to act like he's doing it in the name of his guy Steph Curry, but you know, Steph Curry don't need anybody to defend him or help him out with this. You know, Steph's going to likely win the the scoring championship as, you know, as Gabe uh, mentioned earlier, as a, as a very competitive, very interesting scoring uh, face-off that we're having here. One of the things, one of those things that you don't often get in the league is sort of every 10 years, you get sort of a good race like this towards the end of the season. You know, I was thinking, I was, I was I was a good. I'm glad you brought up the the reference that you brought up earlier, Gabe. I was thinking like my old self. I was thinking about Shaq and, and David Robinson back in like '94 or something. You know, that was you know that had a little history to it too. That Shaq kind of manufactured between him and, that, and David Robinson, but but that was that was real. That was a different era of the game and. You know, but you had that seventy-point game that David Robinson had at the end of the season, and he wound up clearing Shaq with that. And you know, you've had these games recently where Beal and Curry have sort of been looking scoreboard watching, and that led to Baysmore saying this this statement in a in a conference, a press conference about a guy with a, a, a weak hamstring or injured hamstring trying to keep up with Curry. And then, you know, once Bill heard that, I guess Bill, because of the past with Baysmore, he's probably cussed him out in front of his wife and kid and in the privacy of his home a few times. But, you know, he was ready to go as soon as he heard that. And he went off on him on, with a string of tweets. His wife went off on Baysmore. And it's just been this whole thing. It's, it's circled around on ESPN today. And it's... it's it's entertaining to say the least, but I don't know if you guys got any thoughts on this. I, I think there's really only I, I I put in the rundown who do you got? You know, there's really no there's really only one option in real life 
as far as who would you have in this situation. But I know for some people in this online culture, it's you know there's there's a there's a value that's given to uh you know trolling, and uh you know I don't I'm not necessarily of that type, uh you know of that of that uh you know I'm not of that uh fabric. So I don't know. I, if you if you guys got any like say thoughts to that, feel free to express them if you have any thoughts to that. <laughs> Along those lines, but I'm I don't know. What, what do you guys think about this whole thing? St. Louis, man. He's from St. He's from St. Louis. Like this is St. Louis to them is like somewhat similar to what we do with like the West South Side of Chicago. When you come from a certain hood, you know it, it's survival. Like you like you don't mess with those type of people. You don't mess with he a real one. Bradley Bill's a real one. Um, and, and he don't have he don't have uh he don't have uh he, he he's not putting up with any lame stuff you know no, that's, no. that's St Louis that's Chicago that's Midwest stuff there. yeah we don't we, we're not with the any lame any lames now yeah we don't we don't do those and he he pretty much put him out there saying that he is one I mean that's what Brad that's that's how we do it you know Bradley Bill's a tough guy. I haven't met him personally, but I do know one family member of him that's that, that's related and does keep in touch with him from time to time. And I, I've been told, you know, he he's very he's a very cool guy. But just like any one of us, you you, you say anything about family, or you say or you come at him a certain way, and, and it ain't right, he gonna let you know, and <laughs> he let him know like I'm not the one to mess with. I mean, why why would you do that? The dudes. Known for dropping fifty plus games on any on any given night, no matter what. Even if even even if he wasn't healthy, like he's part, the Wizards have been winning as of recently and are in the position for playing because of Westbrook and Bradley Beal, and that and and I don't want to stand this either because even though Russell Westbrook did break the triple double record, it was the same game he broke that record where or the game before I believe. When he tied Oscar Robinson, that Bradley Bill dropped fifty that same game. Like, why would you want to mess with that? I don't want to stand it either, man. I'm with I'm with you, Kyle. These trolls just don't get it. I I, I don't get it. People love talking to trolls or praising trolls. I I don't get it. I don't know if you've been paying attention to me. I'm dealing with trolls on Twitter just because of my Tebow Colin Kaepernick take, and <laughs> it, that, that that and that went crazy. You know, that's all over the place too. Everybody because they don't know what they're talking. He don't so baseball don't even know what he's talking about. So, yeah, I, like I say, it's, it's a lot of a, a lot of people want to get attention, and they, it, like I say, it happens in the league a lot where lesser guys sort of pick fights with, uh, you know, bigger guys in the league, and then, you know, Baysmore that I made the mention earlier about you know chilling with your girl and Peaky Blinders that like he he said that in response to what. Bazemore said that in response to what Bill did online, where he was like, Well, I didn't I didn't think it was that big a deal, but you the one who started this stuff, man. Why you starting something, then you want to back off like, oh, is, why is he tripping? Well, he tripping because you started with him. And you know, I, I just don't understand, like, you know, why even test that dude? He's gotta have some sort of thing in his head that he's not revealing to people where it's like you know, he, he just has a thing with Bill because again, the uh, you know the video on the the tweet. Uh, I want to mention the tweeter. 
But uh, you know this this uh, you know they they say they have a history. He's uh, C. Williamson. Um, I know I've seen him on Twitter before. Chris Williamson. You know mm-hmm. he 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 put out a good uh video, a little compilation of times where Bill has been knocked out. He's gone in you know up on dunks and layups in multiple games against Baysmore. Going back to when he was with the Hawks, and he's and Baysmore has knocked him down multiple times. That's something you do with somebody who you got a problem with. And then to have this thing where you sort of randomly mention them and and take advantage of a random opportunity to dig at them, you know, you could have just been like, look, this dude, you know, my, my guy is the best scorer in the league. This dude, Bill, is working his, his, butt, his butt off trying to keep up with my guy. He's doing a hell of a job, but he's not my guy. But he had to make it into this whole thing where it's like, you know, he's not good enough or he's – He's weak, you know, because he has an injury. He can't control that, you know. So it's like, you know, the baseball, the more you – when I first was thinking, was hearing about this stuff, I was like, well, you know, it's just some random stuff, clown stuff, whatever, you know, you know, brothers talking. But, you know, the more I think about it, it's like, man, baseball looking real weak with this, man. And Bill, he he got he better hope that Bill – the only the only thing with Bill that I – because I'm, it's more of a personality thing on my. I would, I would have never let off on on uh, social media like he did. You know, I'm more of a do a dirt or by my own way type dude. But <laughs> you know, I don't. If if I'm gonna go in the inbox and air you out more than anything, <laughs> if, if if I have to, you know. But I see you. I'd rather see you in person more so than that. But but. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't let I wouldn't have let myself emotionally be shown that much on online. But I understand why Bill felt that way because it seems like, like I said, he's this dude has been, this dude has been uh, knitting at him. He's been gnawing at him for a while. So I understand where Bill was coming from and where his wife was coming from, even too. But uh, you know, baseball baseball needs to explain himself, I think, and say, look, I got a pre, I got a problem with this dude. And you know that's why I mess with him. But you know if he wants to have any type of respect in this coming out of this situation, I mean, there's only one person that can do that and make a bag off of it. That's Patrick Beverly. Where is he from? Chicago. Like <laughs> it all comes back to where you're from. Right? It all comes back to where you're from, man. And people know from the shy St. Louis, us Midwesterners. Don't don't mess with us. Like <laughs> that's that's pretty much the bottom line. Be cool. Do keep your business. Mind your business. Don't do us dirty. Don't do us wrong. You got another thing coming. Like that's just so don't, don't do us dirty. If you talking about St. Louis yeah. with, the, with the extra R, <laughs> <laughs> don't do <Yeah>. me dirty. <laughs> 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 with Bill, <laughs> well, Bill, I think you know. I, I, I like say, like I said, I think with Bill, I, I, I would have liked it a little more if he just was like, okay, dude, I got you, because I think that's something like Mike would, Mike would have done, or somebody his generation, like when, well, apparently when uh, LeBradford Smith sort of taught that, or Mike just, he just was like, okay, I got you. Then we, then he came out and, and bombed on him in that next game. Now, Bill doesn't necessarily have. 
he didn't have the opportunity right away to bomb on Baysmore, you know, on the next day. But he does have he, – he'll have at least one opportunity, I would guess, in the future. I don't know if, you know, Baysmore with his – you know, he's a journeyman. He may not even be on uh, the, the Warriors. Next. He may be on another team, but he should be on the NBA team next season. I think if Bill – Bill might give him a 50-piece next time you see him on the court, so – he would be well within his right to the, to do that and bomb on him in any other way if he wanted to. Too. So I'll just that was it. Gabe, you, you got any thoughts on that, man? You back with us? I ain't got him on mute. Still have some issues with Gabe. Man, we'll get we'll, we'll see what yeah, Gabe, you're not coming in on the volume. But uh yeah, this I don't know, but um we'll get back, we'll get back to Gabe. But uh I say just transitioning along those lines. Um, it, 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 any, yeah. anything? Okay, good man. Yeah, I'm back. Okay. What's crazy about that situation <laughs> to me is you talking about Bill's hamstring, but that same game that he messed up his hamstring against Indy, he came right back into the lineup and put up. It. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, yeah, you, you can't you can't talk like like he worked off your point that you made earlier, Josh, about Bill scoring fifty, and it's like, yeah, again, you're talking, you're talking, you're trying to talk down on the dude who was clearly above you in the league, clearly better than you, better ability, better tougher and all that you know it's like that's not a winning proposal and 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 you could and you and you know and you notice through all this curry stage Steph stays silent because he knows that he wouldn't he doesn't gain any points in in joining in on this you know it it's you know you should take the lead of your star and if you're a role player like uh Ken Bazemore just you know, shut up and let your star player defend himself. Yeah, he just got caught up in the moment, got outside his body for a second. Sure. You know, looking a kind of way, but. <laughs> yeah, this, this, you know, this, that's like I say, clown stuff and all that. But, you know, it's, it's a lesson. Hopefully it's a lesson learned for all you future role players, future uh, journeymen out there, you know. Just because you were in the league, you know, you better than a lot of people. But you gotta recognize who you're not better than, you know. There's always someone better than you in life, you know. But uh Midwestern show and Midwestern brothers. Don't mess with the Midwest. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Don't mess with the Midwest. Certainly. So that's who where's baseball from? I don't know. Where is he from? Let's see, let's see. The fact that we don't know. Knows that he ain't, he has no business. <laughs> that's a, that's a, the fact that we don't know tells you all of them. 
<laughs> North Carolina? North Carolina? Mm-hmm. Okay. But it, that's where he was born, at least. Okay. I don't know. There's some spots in North Carolina that's thorough that I, I'm guessing he's not from Vietnam or, you know, Greensboro or one of them spots or, or, or wherever it is that Jerry Stackhouse is from. That's where's the, the where Stackhouse and uh, what's my man name? Uh, Ingram is from. That's supposed to be a bunch of tough people from that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. He may, I don't think he's from one of them places. I guess he, he's like real, like really tight with Steph. It's saying that um he played a role in in Steph getting uh that under Under Armour deal. Oh, that's right. He yeah, yeah he did yeah I remember that he did. So he so yeah he's tight with Steph. Well, I guess that, that maybe that'll keep him on the Warriors at least. But let's <laughs> say so you already tight with the dude. You you say you got him some bread with Under Armour or whatever. You know, you ain't got to kiss up and you no, know, don't put yourself in the line of fire for him. You know, you know? I mean, yeah, furthermore, it's Steph Curry, man. Like, it's Steph, bro. Like, everybody knows who Steph Curry then you ain't gotta you ain't gotta defend Steph. Steph is his game gonna speak for himself, man. It's exactly. Man, he's gonna drop 30 in his sleep, man. 50 exactly. when he really get, when he wants to try a little, you know what I'm saying? So you ain't got a cap for him, man. Exactly, no cap, man. Man, he said. So you saying that he helped Steph Curry with his deal and getting with Under Armour? Does he have a line in Under Armour? Like, did he? <laughs> did you build? Up, I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to comprehend how you help someone yeah. get with Under Armour. You ain't no, getting yeah, on, the, on the real though. Like, how the- do you not do that? How do you not get a piece of that pie? And you help the man get a mega contract, a pretty much. A, I think he's with them, but has a lifetime contract with Under Armour, doesn't he? Or something along those lines. Right. Steph does. Yeah, I think he does. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I and, and I think that <laughs> maybe Steph throwing some bills under the table. But now, uh, uh, look, I'm I'm looking up this story now because I do remember that. <laughs> I remember this story coming out. Is Kip Bazemore the reason Curry signed with Under Armour? Um, oh, this is video, so I don't want to do all that. But, uh, yeah, this this has been reported on and stuff. Okay, Kemp Bay's my open right bridge still. I mean, let me see. It's been uh, – yeah, he, 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 he told Dan Levitard, uh that Under Armour gave him a deal as an undrafted rookie. Yeah, he had to deal with Under Armour first. And, you know, he was, you know, when Under Armour was real light, you know, before they had anybody in the NBA, I think he was one, one of the first dudes. And he told he told Steph, he said, I'm like, dude, you can get your own shoe with Under Armour. And I hadn't talked to anyone at Under Armour. They came through, and he's definitely done so much for the brand. So, he, yeah, he kind of connected them. You oh, know, I, and uh, Baysmore got a six-figure deal with the company. Yeah. So he, I mean, he could be a, he could be a, he could be a peddler dude, you know, and get some. <laughs> he could be un, Under Armour a spokesman or something that that's kind of, you know, that kind of fits him because it's not, it's not Nike, it's not Adidas, it's, it's Under Armour, you know, it's not good enough for those other guys, you know, but you know, but he he brought he brought them a real star in Curry and Curry's rocking with him so. 
Mm-hmm. You know, hey, they 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 should throw him some 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 ducats for the rest of his life. Just off that, you know. For sure. Yeah. They should. But, I don't know if he's gonna get it from the Warriors next year, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I can say, you never know. You never know with with a guy like that. He he got he's he stayed in the league this long. But but I said next time Bill see him, he's gonna light him up. I would think so. But uh, right quick, like let's move. You know, any, let's move it to I'm do a little standings watching. Um, as we, like I said, we get closer to the the playing games, and I uh, mentioned this Knicks Lakers game, which is going to be interesting tonight. And again, both teams are thirty eight and thirty coming into this game. The Knicks, though, in the East are are uh, a fourth seed with it with their thirty eight and thirty. They're a half game above the Hawks, who are who they stand to play in the first round as of now. And they're five games behind the Bucks at number three in the East. So there's a clear delineation between the top three in the East and everybody else. Of course, Sixers are number one, Nets are number two, and the Bucks are number three. All those teams have at least 40 wins. They're all at least uh, 18 games above 500. They play clearly better ball than everybody else in the conference. But, uh, you know, going keep going down, you have the Hawks at number five. The Heat is 6, 37, 31. And the with the playing game, playing teams, I should say, you had the Celtics, the Hornets, the Pacers, and the Wizards at number 10. Bulls are two and a half games behind those Wizards. And uh, checking what – and you got the Bulls score update? Yeah, it's 93-74 in the third with 45 seconds left. Yeah, so the Bulls are pretty much going down tonight. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much going in their hopes, I think, of, uh, of you know, going. Well, they got the Raptors on uh, Friday, the Nets, like I said, Nets again, and the Bucks. Who knows how the Nets and Bucks are going to play those last two games, but the Wizards, the way they've been playing, they play good enough. It seems to stay in that number ten. You have a fifty. You have a guy going for fifty every night, and a guy going for triple double every night. The Bulls don't have that, so you know it's it's tough to deal with. But uh, going over to the West, right quick. Again, the Lakers, thirty-eight and thirty, are in seventh place. The Warriors are creeping up on them, thirty-six and thirty-three, and number eight. The Wizards are 35 or 30 uh, – Grizzlies, I should say, are 35 or 33 in ninth place. And the Spurs are 10th place, 33 and 35. They're two and a half games up on the Pelicans. So it looks like the West is pretty much settling out, two for the play-in. And those – the non-playing teams, the Trailblazers are, you know, are now a game and a half up on the Lakers. They're uh, at number six. Mavericks are number five, Nuggets four, Clippers, Suns, and Jazz, as they've been for a while, uh, just, you know, uh, sitting atop that conference. And all those teams, you know, top six have at least 40 wins. So it's, it's you know, what are we thinking about, uh, you know, how these standards are looking right now and, and what do we expect to see? Do, do you expect any more movement coming uh, through these last couple of games? As we go into the uh, the players, 
I, I do expect some more movement. What I'm particularly keeping my eye on is that four, five, six race in the East for who's going to escape playing Milwaukee in that first round. Because um, as you pointed to, the Hawks are a half game back of the Knicks and the Heat are a half game back of the Hawks. Um, so how that shakes out, man, that's – that's. <laughs> You talk about the the difference between, you know, having a decent shot of getting out of that first round and no shot of getting out in the first round. That's pretty big. Yeah, big. Um, as you guys know, uh, I've made it pretty clear that I'm a Jimmy Butler fan and by virtue of Miami Heat fan, so I'm <laughs> looking for them to get out of that six spot so I can see these dudes play past the first round. <laughs> Even though I think. I, I, you know, I tell anybody who's willing to listen to me, which is not a lot of people, but I think whoever the Heat match up with, you know, win, lose, and draw, that other team is going to go into the next round limping. So we'll see how it yeah. plays out. Um, yeah, right now it's the Bucks, and that could be – that's going to be a prove-it series there for a lot of people because, you know, the people – I think people still have a lot of questions about the Bucks. So, you know, and they – you know the Heat are a tough. They're they're right. They're just the kind of team that could give the Bucks fits with their defense, and they have a big man they could match up with uh, with Giannis. You know, and I'll, that could definitely be a good matchup there in the first round. Maybe the most competitive. You know, in that in that East. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think for me, what I'm going to pay attention to is. Um, Pretty much how the Lakers can stay afloat within this play in. Because LeBron's already pissed that he tried to call somebody to get fired and now he has to play in this tournament that he don't want to play in. And so you, you got it. You, you're, you're, you're predicting they're going to be in the play in. I'm predicting they will be in the play in. Yes, I am. And, okay. if they, and if the playoffs started today, they're playing the Warriors, I believe. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. I think they'll be playing the Warriors. Yeah, they they play them in the first game. Yeah, and the, the yeah. winner of that game would be get the seventh seed. Yeah, yeah. And outside of you know only being so many games left in the season, uh, with Portland beating them, I think that was Friday or Saturday. They own the tiebreaker now. So yeah, that, that LeBron <laughs> looking rough, <laughs> Like LeBron, LeBron had to take so many games off, man. I don't. I guess he was. You know, you can't question his want to. But it's like, man, you know, you know your guys ain't up for this, man. So yeah. and, and I know he he just like he doesn't he doesn't he's not used to working this hard yet at this point. And he doesn't want to at this point in his career. He doesn't want to work this hard. So it's like I, I kind of feel for him. Like <laughs> Yeah, in, in a way, it's like, bro, if y'all can't beat the one-man show over there in Golden State, you know what's coming. If you cannot beat Golden State in a one-game, basically play off of that seven seed, then I'm not sure what y'all are doing. But then again, because it is only one game, it's like, man, anything can happen. Yeah. That's 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 why that game is going to be a big game, man. <laughs> People, everybody's going to watch that game. Everybody's going to be wilding on Twitter. It's going to uh, Oh man, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing that man. Oh, over under 
how many how many gifts come out of that game? Ten or less? <laughs> <laughs> give me the over. Any over. Give me any, give me any number. It's gonna be over on that man. Over for sure. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's that's gonna be wild, man. And you know, take taking it back to the east, I wanted to bring this up because you know it's it's been a difficult stretch for them recently, and we especially with uh the injury now, the announcing of the, the Jalen Brown and just injury. Boston is a team that, you know, looks to be headed for the the playing as well, even more so than the Lakers. And I I really question them getting out of the playing without Jalen Brown. So it's like I, I don't know what you guys think. Like I, I want to bring this up. I hate to you know I hate these type of angles, but it's but it, it's sort of getting to the point where uh Brad Stevens is on the hot seat it seems like now Danny Ainge seems to be on the hot seat. And this is a team, it's a franchise that has played in three of the last four Eastern Conference Finals, and they've really taken a step back this year. When you think of a team, I was thinking this earlier, we think of a young team on the rise in the NBA, teams that as groups, as as unique groups themselves, haven't been to the finals, haven't won a championship yet, there's usually a progression that, that ensues. They win more games over each year, and they go further in the playoffs, and then they break through. You don't usually you don't have with a team that wins a championship eventually. When a team, you know, makes a progression over a, a, a certain amount of years, and then they fall back. That fallback usually happens for a while, and then it leads to a a, a rebuild. You know, and it seems to be that the situation that the Boston Celtics are in right now. And, you know, because of that, you know, would you call them the most disappointing team in the league this year? Or would you go with uh, L.A. Lakers as maybe even more disappointing? Or would you have some other team in the mix for that for that title? So based off what you just said, expectations, um, you do have to take into account, obviously, for every team, COVID, but with the, with the Celtics, Kimball Walker, Kemba Walker kind of slow out the gates, um, dealing with a knee injury. Um, but I would definitely have them as my most disappointing team. But I would also have New Orleans in that conversation too. Um, okay. Missing out on the playoff or the playoffs and the play-in. Um, some might say that they saw this coming just based off the kind of misshapen roster construction that they went under uh, this past summer, um, bringing in Steven Adams and not really having – uh, the type of roster that best suits Zion Williamson's strengths. But for sure, the Celtics look like a team that could be crumbling before our eyes before they really even got to see themselves as a finished product. Yeah, I'm in the same boat, man. I think Boston is definitely probably the most disappointing team. Um, and I think it's because you, you, you can have enough talent but sometimes too much when roles aren't defined play a role in how successful your team can be as a whole. I actually kind of view Boston as like, in a sense, not to the, not to the full extent, but in a sense, similar to what the Bulls were with Jimmy Butler and Derrick Rose. Um, mm-hmm. You have Jason Tatum, you have Jalen Brown. In the beginning of the whole 
construction of that roster, even prior to Kemba Walker getting there. We looked at that roster and was like, oh, Jalen Brown got talent, but that's Jason Tatum's team. Like, Jason Tatum's going to eventually take over those reins. Now we're at a point where they're kind of even. Um, and Jason Tatum, is, isn't, he hasn't emerged as the, as the full-time aggressive scorer that we know he can be, um, especially in the way that Boston probably needed him to be when they was going through not just COVID, but injuries as well. Because you're talking about missing Marcus Smart for, for 17-plus games. You missed Kemba Walker for an X amount of games. Now you miss Jalen Brown, who arguably this season was the top scorer on their team and probably the better go-to scorer on this team. He's out for the rest of the season now. So you have talent in, in, Jason, in, in Jason Tatum where, you know, he can, he can emerge and still step up to be that guy. But I think he took a step back, and with Jalen Brown emerging, Boston's in a situation where you got to figure out if you got to keep both or one of them may have to go. And the fact that you just signed Jason Tatum long-term and both of them, both of them pretty much long-term deals, you, you obviously wanted to make it work, but we thought the same thing in Chicago. Derrick Rose, we still thought, even though he's on, uh, using a long-term contract, he still was playing at a very high, le- very high level. Jimmy Butler came out of nowhere, emerged as a star. Try to figure out who was the focal point of that offense still. And eventually you had to get rid of one of them. I think Boston, if they don't get it together, they may be going down that similar path between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And they have a tough choice to pick because contract-wise, they're both very similar. Um, you max both players out in back-to-back years. So, I don't know. I, I, and I, I think it was an accumulation of different things when you talk about Boston and their setbacks. However, I think they're also in a situation where the Bulls as a whole had to go through. They may be going through that same situation if things don't pick up soon. It, that's a good comparison, man. And I think a lot like the Bulls, the way that they were being ran at that time, they they tried to do a lot of different things but they didn't get to the heart of the matters that was of the things that were wrong with the team. The, you know, God packs didn't really address the heart of the matters with, with things with uh, Rose and, and Jimmy and, you know, the, the thing, and they didn't address the things that the team was lacking uh, in a direct way either. They tried to nip along the edges or try to be slick and bring in, you know, people who, did, who they thought would, would work but wouldn't work like D Wade or whatever and and uh you know even with someone who did kind of work in Rondo they let him go you know so you know Boston just had to make the right moves Boston has you know been trade partners with teams and they've done they did the deal with the Bulls and, and this and you know gave up these and and they bring in Evan Fournier and they do these things but it's not a really addressing what what's really wrong with the team. They tried you know, bigger deals, of course, in the past with Kyrie didn't work. And, you know, they, they always been in the mix, you know, uh, with uh, rumor wise with big players like Anthony Davis and others, but they couldn't reel them in. And, you know, they, they're just really at a point now where that window is seemingly closing on them, you know, cause they didn't handle their business right. And not because they didn't have a, a lack of talent. Not, you know, you can argue about the coaching at this point, but it seemed like, you know, he was good enough to get them to a certain point. You know, why, you know, the breakthrough, I think, eventually has to come through with the players, you know. And, uh, you know, we look at them tonight, they're losing 
to Miami. Looks like they're going to take another loss here. And, you know, because of the, the teams that are under them, they're not likely going to fall out of the play-in at least. But, like I said, how much of a, of a threat can they be right now without Jalen Brown and, uh, you know, with uh, a, a team that has very little in the, po- in the, in the post area, in the front court, you know, and like I say, just beat up in a lot of ways and beat up mentally. And yeah, I, I, I wouldn't expect much from them going forward. Yeah. Your, your point about them um, maybe not even surviving the playing round or playing tournament is a very good one. Like if, if it was a regular, a regular year with no play in, they would be set up to play the nets anyway. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, as, as it stands right now, they got the Hornets, which are kind of in a little bit of a free fall. I'm not sure when miles bridges and, um, Gordon Hayward will be back, but I would pick the Hornets at full strength to beat the Celtics. That would drop them down to the AC where they have to play the winner of the ninth and tenth. And I wouldn't put them against. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet against them going against uh, Bradley Beal and, and Russ. Maybe yeah. against the Pacers, but even that is like, man, I had to think about it. Look, I'm 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 almost writing and pen the Wizards. I think like. It's, it's just like, look, one game, like, with Bill and, and Westbrook, the way they're playing right now, it's like, man, none of those other teams just have any momentum about them. Mm-hmm. You know, the Wizards have been garbage at points throughout this season, but mm-hmm. they still have Westbrook and Bill. So it's like, give me those two guys under anything that those other three teams have going right now. Well, yeah, none of those other teams have Daniel Gafford either, man. <laughs> <laughs> Watch Chandler Hudson. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the difference, man. The Bulls, the Bulls going to make a difference somehow this, this season. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, man. That's, yeah, man. I'll be there, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's bad, man. It, it's bad. It, it's bad for Boston, especially now that they're about to lose this, they're about to lose this, uh, this tiebreaker with Miami. Because yeah. now Miami's going to be ahead of the Boston in the, in the standings, and yeah, just watching this game, they don't look, they don't look the same. They look lost. They look like they don't have the identity that they used to have, and yeah. and that and but that's also like you mentioned earlier, Carol, a multi demographic situation. That's not just coaching. That's also players investing in the culture, buying into the coaches' system still, um, and. Players got to live up to the expect to their expectations. You have, when you sign players like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker to max contracts, they got to bring it every year. They they got to bring it, and this year they just don't have it. It's just not the same. And you know who knows what what they're gonna do in the off season. You know you talking about Brad Stevens being on the hot seat. You talking about Danny Ainge being potentially on the hot seat. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see what they do, but. That's why I was going to end this this part of the conversation with, like, with especially with Brown being injured now and out throughout the, for the rest of the season, that sort of gives them an out, the players an out. And, you know, I think the storyline up there is, is going to be like, look, we didn't have all our team. We had one of our best guys out at the end of the year. You know, I think, the, I think it's going to turn more towards – is Stevens and uh, Ainge the combination that is going to bring us, a t- uh, you know, a title from their spot? So, I, like I said, do you expect 
one or, or both of those guys to lose their job in this upcoming offseason. I will probably say Stevens more so than Ainge. I feel like Ainge might be. <laughs> He's like president for life. Yeah, man. But Brad Stevens. Uh, but he'll land somewhere else, though. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's the thing, right? I mean, Brad Stevenson did bring a lot to the actual franchise as a whole. We talk about somewhat of a success. It's a matter of it's, it's just a matter of does Danny Ainge have the balls to let him go? That's pretty much what a that's pretty much what it boils down to. If, especially if Danny Ainge is, gonna, is not going anywhere, because I'm with you, Drew. I doubt Danny Ainge is going there. Pretty much as soon as he got Kevin Durant and, and Ray Allen then to pair up with Paul Pierce and create the big three with Rondo, and they won that championship in 08, it was a wrap. You pretty much solidified he's going to be there pretty much for life, right? He revived yeah. the Boston Celtics franchise, so that was pretty much a given. When you talk about Brad Stevens, though, he wasn't the coach to deliver that championship. He, right. He's brought him there, but he, was, he hasn't been there to deliver that championship. Right. So if I'm Brad Stevens, I ain't going to lie. I should have I should have held on to that Indiana contract and been like, yo, put me on the <laughs> next fight after this season. And, and I would have been the head coach at, at Indiana compared to what he's about to do with now. But at least Indiana, he would have got security. Now, I don't think he got the security like he used to, uh, you know, dealing with this uh, team and, what the, and what's been going through now. Because I think that it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a combination of things, but Brad Stevens definitely plays a role in it. And that's something that is up to Danny Age whether or not he wants to get rid of. People thought Scott Brooks wasn't going to be was going to stay in Oklahoma City for a long time until they pulled that plug and brought in Billy Donovan. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's tough. It, it, it's just a tough situation. But the any age really had the balls to say, okay, you know what? This week, we need a different voice. We need something different that's going to push us over the hump with the talent that we already have. I don't know. I don't know. I agree with you guys. I think Stevens, he'll, he, I think as of now, he's staying in the, even if he loses a job this year, he's going to try to stay in the pro level. But he would have his pick of jobs at the college level that could be open. But there could be a few there could be a few jobs on on the NBA level still that he could have his pick from as well. And, and he's the odd man now. He's the easy scapegoat in this situation right now. And you know, Josh, yeah, you talk about Ainge, you know, him having that tie to the 08 championship team definitely, and even more than that, having the ties to the '80s Celtics as well. That's that's still there's still enough people who remember those teams up there that allow you to, uh, like I say, do whatever you want for the rest of your time. You know, it, it, he, he he really had to mess up to to lose that job. And I think given that Miami, uh, that uh, Boston has dealt with the injuries that they have and everything, and still, they still feel that they have at least a top two pairing that they could work with as far as talent and, and everything, they still probably feel that we just need this – this coach, we just need a coaching upgrade. We just need a little, a little more tweaking uh, from the fan base. They probably feel that way up there, but uh, you know, yeah, Boston got some work to do, man. Definitely, yeah. It's it's a shame that if that window closes, uh, you know, without them even coming close really to a title. But like I said, you, I don't, I don't remember. Maybe you guys can think of it, but I don't recall a team that rose up to the level that Boston has risen up to 
over time fell back and then made the jump forward again without rebuilding. Like, you know, you, you maybe you win a title and then you fall back, you know, but, you know, you have, like I said, you won that title at least. But, you know, uh, it, like I said, this unit as it is in Boston, they haven't accomplished anything yet, and it, it's not looking like they're going to accomplish anything as they are. They're going to have to maybe break each other, like I say, break, uh, you know, Tatum and Brown up maybe or something like you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the, the Allen Iverson Philadelphia teams and when that finals appearance happened and then how how far back they dropped before they got back to that uh Easter oh no wait, that was the Easter Conference. Never mind, never mind. I had it mixed up in my brain. I was, I was thinking about that that showdown he and Vince had, but Philly won that, I think, to get to the 01. Yeah, that was the same year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was the semifinals. They won that. They beat uh, Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, yeah, that was just that was all the same year. Yeah, yeah I think you, I think you're right, Kyle. This yeah. I, don't be, I don't know if that's possible, man. The way, especially nowadays with the way player movement is. Yeah, you got you you got to you got to have that forward momentum, man. You can't you yeah. got to keep it moving, or 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 you're gonna end up in purgatory in that in that purgatory place. Yeah, and you got to wonder. Uh, what kind of you know <laughs> the amount of check swings Ainge has had on the, on a lot of so many deals that he could have made. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like I say he's he got to be in a good spot, man. It's like <laughs> they they got to tell man, you good with your job, man. Just mm-hmm. do what you got to do because he's had enough chances. That's true, and not a move he's made has has felt. Like it's been made out of desperation. So you <laughs> no, the guy they they most effective guys they got through the draft, mm-hmm. and you know, like I say they they've been you know you've heard them in the mix for Davis, you heard them in the mix for you know, a couple other guys. I'm trying to think of you know some other, but they've been in the mix just about every you know top uh, potential trade bait in 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 their time since they've you know like they got Kyrie, but like I say that just didn't work. So, but uh, we gonna start to wrap up here. Another good, uh, you know, running session here. Uh, you know, uh, Gabe, thanks to Gabe for jumping on with us. You know, getting uh, couldn't hang through the whole show, but uh, you know, we definitely appreciate him trying to and uh, offering his thoughts as he offered them. But uh, the last thing I just want to jump into this for this show uh, at, with the Lakers. Uh, jumping up uh, for this second game tonight. And, you know, the Lakers are always uh, a, a team that captures the imagination, one of the more uh, legendary and, uh, you know, teams in, in sports and in, in sports in general, not just the NBA. And, like, it, a, lot is, a lot is developing right now. It seems to be a, a, a big trend for uh, – the studios and TV networks and streaming platforms are, are all getting into this Lakers uh, 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 project. Uh, no, they, they, they get into the this mood to develop projects centered around the Lakers in one form or fashion. And there's three particular uh, shows that are in development right now. One is a, a uh, I guess you could call it, a dramatic 
reenactment of the 80s Lakers uh, dynasty that's being developed at HBO. There's a straight up documentary that's going on uh, with Hulu. And there's a Magic Johnson documentary that, you know, Magic, you know, is clearly uh, he, he isn't mentioned any words when he says that, uh, you know, he saw Mike do the last dance. He's like, I want to do my own documentary. He's not, he ain't fronting on that at all. If you look at interviews regarding this documentary, he's like, I want my own last dance. Mm-hmm. And so that that's being developed uh, as well. So I, I don't know. I, I threw some links out at y'all about all these projects. And uh, I don't know if you got any thoughts about these and, you know, any of these shows that may interest you more than the others. Uh, I think the casting, there was a, a an article on the on the, the ringer about the casting for the HBO series. And it, that's pretty interesting. Uh, and the, the fact you're talking about HBO in, in general means that we may have a sex scene. We, we probably gonna have an orgy scene with Dr. Bus and Magic. <laughs> <laughs> they go, they go, they go, they go. Take some liberties, I think, with the story. May, may, and they may not be liberties. They may, they, they may be more truthful than they care to admit. I but, mean, Phil and Jeannie probably had sex after every championship. I mean, I don't. I'm just putting that out there that you may have to see an old Phil Jackson getting it in with an older Jeannie Buss. I mean, yeah, I, that, uh, that, that's gonna be a little weird, especially if you're doing naked. Oh man, uh. Yeah, it may be yeah. some weird mix of Game of Thrones and <laughs> the and the the uh, what's that old basketball show, The White Shadow or something? Like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let, let me look at let me look at this. Uh, some of the casting apparently that's going to happen uh, with this show. Uh, Rob Morgan as Irvin. Oh, no, Irvin John C. Okay, Rob Morgan is an old character actor. I think, okay, I get that. Uh, Spencer Garrett is chicken. I don't know who that is. Devon, oh, Norm Nixon's son is playing Norm, playing Norm Nixon, Devon Nixon. Uh, that's interesting. <laughs> they got, they're gonna have a, they're gonna have a Donald Sterling character in here, which, oh, God, I don't know how <laughs> to incorporate him with the story. <laughs> Uh, uh, an actress named Hadley Robinson is playing Jeannie Buss. Uh, let me see. Oh, Quincy. I a lot of no name actors in this. Uh, I guess a lot of no, I mean, they say no people who haven't made their mark yet are going to be acting in, in a lot of these key positions. Solomon Hughes, a uh, guy named Solomon Hughes, going to be Kareem. Quincy Isaiah, a young uh, actor, is going to be Magic Johnson. So Maybe these guys will break through and and be, you know, uh, you know, make a, a performance that'll be star making performance. Okay, okay. Now we get uh, Sally Field is Jesse Bus, so I guess that's gonna be Doctor Bus's wife. Uh, Jason Clark is Jerry West. I guess a notable character actor, and they have a picture of him in the article. So if you don't, uh, you know, if you, you, you there's a guy you could. I, I'm thinking if you're watching the movies, you recognize him. Adrian Brody as Pat Riley, Michael Chiklis as Red Arbach. That's old boy who started on the Shield. That's interesting. Yeah. And, uh, Jason Jason Siegel from uh, How I Met Your Mother as Paul Westhead, 
Bo Burnham as Larry. That's really crazy. That's a comedian, Bo Burnham as Larry Bird. And John, okay, John C. Riley is Jerry. That's the real big casting. John C. Riley is Jerry Buss. I, I mean, that, I don't know, man. This that sounds like a lot of wild business, man. With yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, <laughs> poo poo these actors or the idea, but I'm. I'm kind of glossing over that. I just want to see the real, actual documentaries that are coming out, man. The, you know what I'm saying? The true to life stuff. I don't need to see no unsolved mysteries, lifetime reenactments. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, man. Y'all can y'all can say it that one, man. Or just just make it its own show. Don't try to come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm in the same boat, man. It's like if I have to watch anything Laker oriented, I think actually doing a lot. Doing somewhat of a last dance with Magic Johnson in the 80s. Actually, I think that would be great. I really do think that would be great, especially if you can get all the original uh, players and, you know, managers and things of that sort, and even get celebrities that came to those L.A. games at that time frame to talk about it. That would be ideal. I would love to see that. Uh, well, Magic, Magic yeah, it seems that Magic is really competing with the last dance. But he's getting – people who all were on the last day. Like, he's getting, like, Obama and some folks who but don't necessarily have as much connection to him as they did with Mike. Yeah, why but, you not, why you not he, reaching out to Jack Nicholson? And, that's what I was going to say. Like, you got to get Denzel Washington on there. You got to get Jack Nicholson on there. You know, like, you got to get all these players I agree. or celebrities that actually went to those Laker games. That was part of that Laker that Laker Nation at that time. Like, you mm -hmm. can't just reach out to people that Mike utilized because Mike was a global icon. The Last Dance was a standard that was super high. That that, that MJ put that standard high because he's MJ. Yeah. And everything that came with that is typical MJ. So you can't – there's no competition with that. That's number one. But then number two, you try to get anything close to it, the Lakers dynasty is probably the second best closest thing you will get to that. And you, and because of that, you got to get the right people that actually was a part of those things to make that thing come to life. But I see, mean, the thing the thing with the magic documentary, though, is that it is going to be, for what, for what I've read, it's going to be about his life. And, you know, Mike, well, uh, Mike, what they did with the last dance is they led you in with, the Bulls, but it did wind up being sort of a, a whole thing on Mike's life. Mm -hmm. And that's you know, that's what filled out the 10 hours. Now, uh, Magic's, Magic, with Magic's document, they're letting you know up front that it's going to go back to him in, in Lansing, Michigan, and all this. And I don't know if that's going to be interesting enough. We'll we have to see how they deal with the, the, previous, the, the previous stuff before Say seventy nine when he when he won the national championship with, with Michigan State, right? You know, I don't know how interesting that stuff is going to be. We have to see how they deal with that. But yeah, like you say, Josh, the the meat of the story is the eighties, is Showtime, what they do with that stuff, and is there going to be a cocaine circus? <laughs> is, are they? Are, is is Magic going to be as you know, and, and it's interesting. It's interesting because we we would all expected before the last days to question how forthright and how open Michael would have been would be 
in front of the cameras. But he wound up being more open than we any of us would have imagined. So Magic is going to have to do a similar thing where he's going to have to be like, okay, this is who I was. I was cheating on Cookie. I was I was wilding out with Dr. Bus. You know, we did this and that, but I was still hooping and winning and all that. And this was the man that I was back then. And, you know, the, the, and, and that's the thing, too. There has been a lot of recording and documenting of Magic already. Like, because him revealing that retiring in 91 and revealing he got AIDS, that's one of the biggest sports stories of the 20th century. Mm -hmm. So there has been a lot. There's been multiple documentaries and stuff about that already. So I, uh, that's another thing that makes me think, like, I don't know how revealing they're going to be about this in, in this project. What's going to do to really overtake what they've already done with Magic and, you know, to match the amount of revelation that occurred with the last dance. And again, you get into, like I say, you get into redundancy when you have multiple projects sort of overlapping the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, this Hulu thing, you know, we sort of mentioned in glass is like, I don't know, maybe it, it 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 it's, it it depends. A lot's gonna depend on the filmmakers because you can have multiple documentaries on the same subject. Like there were two documentaries on that uh that fire fest, and it seems like one everybody agrees that the one on Netflix was a lot better than the one on Hulu. So you know we may have these two documentaries come out, and it may be one that is certainly a lot better than the other. You know, but I would say, uh, I, I'm uh, right right now. I'm I don't know, man. I I just like bad TV. I like dramatic TV. So I'm I'm kind of more interested in the HBO. And HBO, we know HBO what they do with stuff, man. I I just want to see how they make these people up and and try to have them act like like that's that's just it's just gonna if anything is gonna be funny. <laughs> if, if, if it's not really good, it's gonna be funny. So right, right. either way, either way, I'm gonna be pleased in that fashion. <laughs> yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. But if, if it right quick though, uh, we'll, we'll leave it on. If it's outside of the Bulls, because the Bulls have got this treatment now, and the Lakers have got this treatment. What would be another NBA team or era that you would like to see, like a multi-documentary or multi-television project on, part television project on? Mm, Staying in the NBA, right? Yeah, well, yeah, we keep it to. Well, we could we could span it to basketball in general since we're Pro you know, probably probably the Knicks, man, the '90 Knicks, the '90s Knicks. Um, Kind of weaving in their battles with with us and trying to get over the hump of Michael Jordan, then finally getting over the hump with that bogus call Hugh Hugh Hollins. You know who you are, <laughs> um, and then getting to a finals uh, two, if I'm not mistaken. Um, technically, technically two, but they were different teams. Yeah, and then also I think maybe a week, two, maybe three weeks ago, that story came out came out about how they were trying to get Michael Jordan to come to New York before he signed those two huge 
single year contracts with the Bulls. So I, I would want to see something like that. I know um, Chris Heron used to be of uh, mm-hmm. 538. Now he's with SI. I think he has a book coming out on the Knicks. I think it's about the 90s Knicks. So I'm, to kind of put that in a visual format would be something mm-hmm. that I'll be interested in seeing because those were some great games. Some of my my fondest or my most vivid uh, memories of the Bulls outside of the championship runs have to do with those those games against the Knicks, playoffs or otherwise. It was it was always playoff intensity. Okay. Josh, you got a, another team or error that you throw up there? Yeah, I would probably say um, – I, pro- I honestly probably would say like the early thousands Lakers. When you talk about the Kobe and Shaq era, I wish there was a more in-depth um, document on that. And, and it obviously sucks. I would love to hear Kobe's side of it. Um, even though they already had a little bit of a sit-down between, between one-on-one with Kobe and Shaq, I would love to get the outside – Especially that championship year. Well, not a championship year, but the year they went to the championship and lost to the Pistons when you had the Gary Paytons and the Carl Malone on that team. I want, I would love to sit down and listen to see what that was like. Um, <laughs> to see when they're both on the tail end of their careers like at, the, at that time. Um, Just what, what Carl Malone said to Vanessa Bryant. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, I would love to. I would love to see that and how that dynasty eventually led to the breakup. Um, but that for me, that's that's for sure an era. And even outside of that, a part of me kind of wants to go to like the teams that didn't, like Drew mentioned, a, a team that was good in a specific era but never made it that far. So you want to talk about like like the the KG Timberwolves. Or you want to talk about like um, the 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 Milwaukee Ray Allen's Milwaukee Bucks or Sonics even, um, where they had yeah. those top tier talents, but they just didn't do they just didn't go far or that far in depth to win a championship. Like I, I would love to see what those stories would, would be like too, especially since the earlier era of basketball to me was so much more diverse and very from a talent perspective. I, I would I would love to revisit some of those. Yeah, there's a lot of teams, like almost teams, and teams that may have won once or something or got to one final that you could do at least one movie about and stuff. And there's quite a few projects like that out there. I think if you search for them, like on NBA TV, they've shown quite a few projects like that. Like I, I think of one that was on the Portland teams that uh, came close, one in particular that uh, went against the Bulls in uh, 92. That whole era, they, they they lost to the Bulls in 92, lost to the Pistons in 90. There was a pretty good, uh, like, 90-minute documentary on them hmm. on NBA TV. There's one on those Sonics that you mentioned, Josh. Uh, you know, it, it was it, it, it more – it centers on – the uh, the Rain Man and Glove relationship, Gary Payton right, and right. Sean Kemp, but it tells the story of that whole era. You know, there's other teams, Run TMC, maybe. You know, the Suns mm-hmm. with with Barkley. You know, the you know Utah probably wouldn't be that interested, actually. But uh, you know, that there, there's, there's quite a few teams like that. A multiple multiple part series, though, is kind of what I was at was as the question. I don't know. 
is that there's, there's very few teams that you can put up to that level. But yeah, you know, maybe in, in the future, you know, those Warriors teams. Oh yeah. You know, LeBron is likely yeah. gonna have likely gonna have a, a ten um, part series on him eventually. Maybe Kobe as an individual. Yeah. You know, it it and that of course we'll have to deal a lot with those early two thousands Lakers. So yeah, there's there's gonna be a lot of stories like this. The it's what like I say it's it's the breakthrough that Michael and the Last Dance production brought forth, where you you know that people are going people like to go down memory lane. They like to to hear these stories in depth about their favorite players, their favorite teams. So I think every couple of years now we probably can expect a project like this from different eras of the NBA. Yeah, it, it wasn't a docu-series, um, just a 30 for 30, but I was so glad when they came out with the Orlando Magic, Penny and, Shot, Penny and Shaq. Uh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, um, those, those are my guys, especially Penny, man. Um, but maybe maybe something similar with uh, the Redeem team. I think we've got okay. pieces yeah. of some behind-the-scenes stuff where I like, have a full-on documentary. I think that, I, would, I would like to see that because there's been every I, now and then they'll cook up some talk about who was better or which one would have won the dream team or the redeem team. And you get some interesting arguments being made for, for either team, either side. So yeah, that you could, yeah, you could definitely go over the history, the, the history of uh, USA basketball with the FBH players, you know, going back to the dream team and through the redeem team and all was, you know, yeah, it definitely, definitely. I thought there was actually a documentary in the works for that though. When, and I hope I'm, I hope I'm right saying this, um, but I thought I heard it was a doc- documentary being put into the ropes, especially when the Dream Team documentary came out on NBA TV. Yeah, um, I thought mm-hmm. they said that there was the works for the Redeem Team um, to do that because yeah, like Drew mentioned, like the Redeem Team was for me like our version of the Dream Team. It was that cold, <laughs> and you know, and that's something that you're gonna they need to highlight, especially when you talk about. But Kobe in his prime being on that team, you had a prime D Wade, you had a prime Carmelo, a very prime and Le- LeBron James, all with a prime Chris, Jason Kidd, D- a prime D Will, like mm. that was uh, that that whole and that's that era. That's oh eight, ain't it? Yeah, yeah, that's oh eight because oh four was the year that they they mm. really was crap. And they came back in 08. So really that team, yeah, that team would be worth it because that's the team where essentially the big three in Miami, uh, their origins come from that. So you talking about a team that was a response to the failures of USA basketball in the in the Olympics before it. And, you know, there was a lot of outcry, if you remember at the time, you know, just how people were – the pressure that people were putting on that team to make up for what happened in 04, the failure that they had in 04. And then you have that the, the members of that team that did so much to change the NBA generation going forward with player empowerment and everything like that. So, yeah, there's, a, there's definitely a story to be told there. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's that's pretty much it though for now. Uh, we're gonna wrap up this uh, in the uh, 
this uh, running session here. Uh, appreciate you guys for riding with me almost two hours in here. But uh, definitely good time talking to y'all as always. Uh, we'll be back again on Thursday um, with a WNBA preview. Me and Josh will be involved with that with uh, Chris Pennant and uh, James K. Uh, Chris, of course, is our guy, but also, uh, you know, half of the Skyhook podcast with James. And uh, we're going to break down the WNBA season, which is starting off this weekend. Uh, the Sky, of course, themselves uh, a leading contender in the WNBA. We're going to go into them and what their season and, and everything and uh, the league as a whole is going to be a pretty good show. So uh, keep uh, keep up with that. Uh, that's going to be streamed live on uh, on uh, uh, the War uh, <laughs> Twitter, and uh, but it'll, it'll eventually be on this YouTube page as well here, War on Anchor Podcast as well. Uh, we they'll be available on all our platforms. But live, if you want to stream us live, you want to join in on the show and everything, you want to talk some uh, women's basketball with us, feel free uh, to go to the War Media Twitter page on uh, Thursday. We'll, we'll, the time will be out eventually, we'll, the exact time. We'll get that out. But, uh, yeah, till then, uh, Drew, Josh, uh, appreciate you guys, man. Uh, we'll talk to y'all next week. Uh, we'll have, we'll uh, be responding, I guess, next week, next Thursday, to the play-in games and see how all that plays out and how the playoffs will be, uh, I guess, maybe officially set at that time. So we'll definitely have a lot of reaction to all that next week. But uh, like I say this Thursday uh, coming up, we uh, got the WNBA preview, so definitely watch out for that. And uh, in the meantime, keep bouncing.